Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's- hey, what's up? Hey, you interrupted me. It's charity, and you're supposed to go on mark. Sorry, let's start again. Go ahead. Ready? Hey, guys. We're back. I'm Charity. And I'm Mark. Much better. Thank you. This is weird. I know. That did feel kind of weird. I do like that you let me end it, though, now. Sometimes. Most For a while now, you have. We, when we had people actually sending me messages and be like, do you not really like Charity secretly because you end all the episodes? I'm like, that is the furthest thing from the <laughs> truth, you weirdos. <laughs> all right. So I asked Charity, what's the marching orders for today's episode? And she said... I have some stuff to talk about. So, Charity? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Floor is yours. First of all, Mark's microphone, well, it's my microphone, but it's Mark's microphone that I use, um, touched my boob before we started recording aggressively. And what did I say? I programmed it correctly. Yes, I trained it well. <laughs> so, one thing I want to talk about is I have been, when I exercise sometimes I, I always listen to like podcasts or I listen to you know books or stuff like that the weather's colder so now I am forced to go to the gym because it's too cold for me to walk outside is it weird that I still call them books on tape even though they're I not do on it tape too. I had anymore. to stop myself that's why I kind of paused I still do that so and let me say I, I, I'm interrupting because this oh, is what I do okay. still counts as reading the book I agree Kristen gives me crap and says it's not. It doesn't mean the same thing. I still put in the effort and listen to the thing. Yes. It's not my fault. Audible is amazing. Amazing. And so. you can you can you can do two things at once. You can be driving your car reading a book. You can be walking reading a book. You can be jogging reading a book. Maybe that's what the cop did from last week when she was responding. Oh. She was thinking about giving HJs at headquarters <laughs> and listening to books on tape. She was probably listening to Fifty Shades of Grey and gotten herself all worked and up. She got worked up yep. and then she ran into cars. Definitely. By the way, guys, those memes still have not stopped, and yeah. I love it. He's he's out of control, guys. So listen. So I have just decided that I am going to start watching episodes of old shows we've talked about this you yep. like to do that too so guess what i'm watching right now and i really hope you remember it i don't know what you're watching so tell me my so-called life i yes i know of my so-called life oh my god it is amazing it is so teeny bopper it is so i love it so i was at the gym today on the treadmill and on my phone i was watching my so-called life and i picked the end treadmill because i didn't want anyone to see what i was watching (laughs) because i thought i might be judged but it's so good it's got claire danes smoke show by the way oh she's beautiful a young jarrett leto oh my god he's so young in that yeah so so good i my so-called life i didn't really care about so i got hooked on a show that was a teen show too yeah but i was not a teenager because people who know how old i am know that i'm i'm just out of this demo of the show so I got hooked 
back in the day on Dawson's Creek. Uh, hold on. Hold on. That was last winter's binge. That is so funny oh that God. you're just saying this. That I was so good. Know everything about that show. Holy teenage angst, right? I absolutely thought Pacey was the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, I was a Pacey. I was a Pacey fan. Yep, very much so. I hated Dawson. Yep. He was a little whiny little very whiny. Biatch. I agree. Yep. We can say biatch, right? I say biatch all the time. He and his fake cry when his dad died. And he's like, Have you seen the memes? Yes. Oh, oh they're great. so good. So good. And I like that actor in real life, and he's been in great movies. Absolutely. But I hated Vanderbeek. his character. Yes. Yeah. I hated his Varsity Blues. He was great. Great in that. Yeah. Best guy in Varsity Blues, yep. though, was Tweeter. It was the, yeah. He it was, was my the, favorite. It was the Dawson, the character. That was Correct. the issue. Right. So I remember being at my little sister's house, and she was watching it. It was like, Two episodes into season three, and I started watching it. I was making fun of them. And this has already been off the air for probably five years at this point. Yep. And I just split up with my ex-wife, so I had nothing to do. I was hanging out at my sister's house, obviously. So I got hooked on this show. Don't mind me. I'm chewing a cough drop at the same time. And I started watching. I watched all of season three. Then I watched season four, and then I finished out the series and went back to watch season one. Yep. Season three of that show, probably single-handedly best season of a what happened high on school that one? show. That's where at the end, well, that's where that she discovered, Joey discovered that she loved Pacey. Yes. And oh, they that, ended up leaving yes, on the on boat, the boat. Yes. At the end of that so season. So good. Oh, my God. So good. So, like, I, I missed the whole Pacey sleeping with his teacher and all of that stuff until... Later. That was some good stuff, too. Now, Jack, people that don't know in that show, Jack turns out to be gay. Yep. Which is completely fine. It was revolutionary back it at was. that time. Yes. So in the last episode of Dawson's Creek, Dawson basically got his dream, and he became a writer, and they picked up a show of Dawson's Creek. Right. And they had this young, handsome guy playing Jack, and I remember... Pacey looks over, who, by the way, ends up with Joey. Yep. They end up together. Yep. Looks over to Dawson and says, does he know he's going to be gay in a year? <laughs> and it was so funny. so funny because it doesn't matter. No. But it was just one of those funny things. Like, he was like, no, I'm going to wait to tell him. That's all. You know, that was I, I, all last winter. That's what I binged at the gym. And again, was way far away from people so they wouldn't be judging me on what I... Not that I care what anyone thinks, but still. Oh, Kristen. Oh, sorry about the sniffing. Kristen judges me. She's like, that's yeah. like the stupidest show ever. Try going back to my so-called life. I never watched it. You, I watched bits if, and pieces All right, of it. first of all, if you like Dawson's Creek, you will like that. It's right on the same playing field. So, but she... Kristen's the age group. Me and Charity are, are very similar age. Kristen is the next age group above us. Yes. So like she's like friends and all. Oh, I love friends shows. though too. I don't really. I care. can quote friends. I love. Oh my god, this uh, pivot, pivot, pivot. So funny. It's like ah, uh, annoy me. Um, I have a question. Oh boy, real quick before I get into some guess what, guys, we have some more weird history. I love those. So why would something on my screen just randomly turn blue? <laughs> uh, the share button. Sharing Top. it. I don't know. Just click some results. I don't know. No, I don't want to because I might delete this. I can't. I can't risk that. In her size number seventy two font. It's twenty four. Guys, that is huge. Yeah, it's great. That's what she said. Right. Oh wait. A minute. Oh, I missed it. Hold on. That's what she. Said. I thought I would just do the old school my voice. And it's so funny because when I t 
type out an episode and Charity knows this, it's in like eight point and I then I reduce it down because so I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? I set it up at eight point and then I print it out as a PDF and I put two pages on a sheet. Yeah. And they're sideways. That's and she looks at me, She's like, I can't even read. No, that. who does that? I do that. No, I don't do that. All right, give me some stuff. What okay, do you so weird history. Give me the good stuff. So are you a fan of pineapples, Mark? Um, I like the chunky pineapple that you get at Chinese places. Oh, okay. They so, used to do those little chunky slices with yes. their little things. I like those. Okay, good. Well, back in the and eight- pi- SpongeBob lived in one. I love SpongeBob guys. Loved that man. Love that. Love him. Well, back in the 18th century, the Georgians, Georgians almost worshipped this sour little treat. They were super expensive because they had to be imported in there and therefore only rich people could afford them. They were such a symbol of wealth. They were treasured and they were not eaten. You did not eat those said pineapples. Instead, they would be displayed in one's house to be adorned by all who passed through. Some peeps even designed their entire homes around the said pineapple. Some of these homes are still standing. But have you seen the, the pineapple symbol on some people's houses? All right. So is, it, is that carried on from there? Does anybody know? About 10 years ago, I lived in an old Victorian house. I thought you were going to say you lived in a pineapple under the sea, but. No, an old Victorian house. And on our woodwork above the doors, they had pineapples carved in them. Yes. Yeah. They're very calm. I, I, I see them at people's houses. So I was laughing at you until I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. Right. This was in my house. Right. So is that a thing? I think it was. Okay. All Speaking right, of old timeies, can we go back where we worship the fat guys? Yeah. Like I want to go back to those days. Wearing, wearing the dresses. I, I, I don't need that, but. Well, I, I like to picture Mark in, you know, ancient times wearing like a toga. I would play an excellent old timey fat guy. You'd be like a king. I would. And you'd have one of those big. I already One am. of those big gauntlets. Is that what they're called? Where they fill it. Fill it. Fill me full of Coca-Cola. Yes. And they'd be like, what is that? And you'd have like a giant turkey leg or something that you're, you were eating sitting in Oh, your- I, I don't like turkey. All right. All right. Not that. Then what would you have th- back then? That was giant. I would don't- bring I would bring the stuff from this days. I'm like, do you have, what do I call that stuff when we go out to eat? So oh my God. Go to he, ca- he calls them gold rush sauce. Gold rush. Gold rush wings. They're gold fever, guys. At the and nines. he says it every time, and Kristen gets triggered. So triggered. It is so funny. Her head spins and goes, That's not what they're called. You know that. I kind of think he does it on purpose. I, I do. <laughs> I get the boneless. I don't like bone in anything. Right. Um, but yeah, when I was up in Augusta, Maine a couple of weeks ago, you I got went to the, the gold rush. And I was like, Can I have the gold rush? Did they correct you? Wings. And she's like, They're gold fever. And I hear that all the time, and it's not funny. I'm like, did you talk to my girlfriend before I got here? <laughs> That's Do they really hear that all the time? <laughs> She's like, everybody calls it gold rush sauce. Oh. It's amazing. It's, it's the really only good. thing that's good left on their menu because the nines is killing themselves. I don't know why the they're doing that. I know. They took away like the, so many things. Okay, anyways, let's move forward. They took them away and made all the other stuff expensive. Let's move on to fun half stuff. The size. No, to, now, we're, now we're angry. Doesn't irritate Mark. <laughs> Fast food prices angry. Right? You know how you always hear how much the English love tea? Yes. Well, my mom. And the C word. They really like that. Really? The English call them. Oh, yes, Charity. Oh, yeah, you're right. They right, call right. each other C's all the time. It's yes. like a, a word of endearment. Yes. Well, my mom is second generation English, and we always had tea in the house. Always. Um, If you are English, you don't want to be stuck somewhere that you don't have access to tea because they just love tea so much, right? Yep. For this reason, all English tanks have an area where tea can be made. 
English what? Tanks. Okay, I thought that's what you said. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the things that can blow people up? Yep, this started in World War II. You see, the soldiers at the time kept making stops for tea, which oh I can God. imagine isn't good when you're in the middle of war. <laughs> I am blown away right now. Right? Isn't that awesome? I love that. What is it? What is that tank movie? Oh man, it's got um, it's got the guy who annoys me from Walking Dead in it. It's got that guy from. Oh man, who who was in World Trade Center? Are they drinking tea? No, but oh. it's a great movie, and it's got um, Brad Pitt. How did I forget that one? Brad Pitt's in it as well. That's, that's the third one on my list. Yeah, that's a good movie too. Somebody help me remember what that movie is. Oh, they will. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention the last episode. I got about a million people who told me you were quoting Super Troopers. Yep, and I was like, you gosh darn right, it's one of my favorite movies. I have to watch that. I think I've seen pieces Kristen? of it. Hates it. You told me Doesn't that. Doesn't yeah. think it's funny. You think I'll think it's funny. Oh, it, you will call me laughing. I probably will. Can I get a liter of cola? Is that in it too? Liter of cola. Does that look like spit? Ah, that's it. Oh. It's funny. Okay. Well, I'll have to check it out. I love that movie. Uh, here's a cute little snippet. And I wonder if there's a meaning behind it. I really do. So the place where Julius Caesar was murdered in the center of Rome, there are a ton of cats that just skidoo around. They seem to just be drawn to that very spot. There are so many cats, they had to open a cat shelter. The shelter sells swag to make money to help support it. I love this so far. Whoa. Okay, this is my question. Um, is that what your gravesite's going to be like, Mark? A kitty reunion? I hope so. <laughs> what do you think it means? I think. Why would all cats congregate right in that one area? They sense maybe he was a good cat person. Do you think? Had to have been. That is so strange to me. Like, I, I want there to be a, like a, a really like super human reason for it. Cats are, in ancient times, they were royalty, especially That's Persian cats. That's true. They were, yeah. What I have, Sophie's a Persian, the people that don't know. Sophie she's a is, long-haired, annoying Persian that I love to death. She's not annoying, and she's definitely, definitely Really? Because you were sitting next to me as I was, kept putting her off of me, and she kept jumping up and getting and in I my face. And I told you just be nice to her because she just wanted to snuggle her daddy. The problem is, is you can't do anything if Sophie's around. Well, I can't do anything if she's around because she'll sit on my lap, and that's not good enough because she'll just, she runs and headbutts me repeatedly until I start petting her. And if I stop petting her, she starts headbutting me again. It's like, come on, cat. What are you doing? She knows what she's doing. That's why she's doing it. And that's why it super oh, annoys me. Did you see the, what one of the crime creeps posted? Mark is a cat. I did I, see that. I forget who I, I forget who it was, but I think it was Ariel. I'm not sure. But and the cat was like mowing down on catnip. Oh, yes. Vigorously with with its face inside. the. I'm going to do that 13 seconds after we end this episode. <laughs> I'm going to mow down on human catnip. I can't. All right. So I don't drive a truck anymore. It's it's all good in the I'm not judging. I guess it was. Which, by the way, I do have to figure out how to get that down to Daytona when I go. Oh, crap. That's right. (laughs) I'm flying. Uh, I guess it was important for a pirate to have a hat back in the day. You didn't want to be seen hatless as you rape and pillage. That's like embarrassing, isn't it? So funny. I don't think I've ever seen a pirate without one. You're Right. Right. So a pirate named Benjamin Hornigold, let's take a minute to appreciate his last name because it's fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So pirate horny gold's men got drunk and they all lost their cute little pirate hats one night. When they woke up the next morning and realized none of them had hats, horny gold knew in an instant what needed to be done. After all, he was the drunk crew's fearless, drunken leader. I'm at the edge of my seat now. I want to know what Horny Gold did. Okay. This is what Horny Gold did. Okay, are you, are you ready for what Horny Gold did? Yep. Okay. He and his crew simply jumped aboard a random ship and stole all that crew's hats. That's not nice. No, because now that crew's hatless. Well, I wonder if that crew went and did the same thing to another ship and stole their hats and so on and so on and so on. This is how myths are, are uh, I know. Like, why do these pirates just steal hats? Horny gold. I wonder if they were all drunk, right? And they were like singing at sea and horny gold took his hat off and flung it into the ocean as a drunken sailor. And they all just followed suit because he was their, their lead guy. I like how you put actual thought into this. Oh, of course. I mean... She's, her hand is going like she's flinging. I, I flung the hat. hat. All right. So when you think of pirate, who's your pirate? Who do you think? Jack Sparrow. That's mine, too. Yeah. Yes. He's the one and only for me. That's what I think, too. When you think uh scary dead guy, who do you think of? A scary dead guy? Or funny, scary dead guy. Mine would be Beetlejuice. Oh, absolutely. I love Beetlejuice. Like, that's the best. Yeah. Like, oh, do you know what I want everyone to do this week? Do me a favor. Watch a movie. That is probably one of my favorites. 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, I love that movie. Everybody that's a crime creep this week love should that. do themselves a flavor. A flavor. Oh, you haven't said that in a while. Watch yourself. I have two movies. This is homework. I want you to watch 40-Year-Old Virgin, and then I want to watch uh, Wedding Crasher. Yeah. Oh, both amazing. <laughs> that girl with the red hair is like my favorite. Oh, in that I movie. love her. Yeah. She, so good. She's great. Mm-hmm. Do you know in real life that it's Isla Fisher- I always pronounce her name wrong, but she's married to Borat. Yep, she sure is. Because apparently Borat's not really Borat. Nope. No, he's also Ali G. Exactly. He's funny. He, he is, funny. is funny. It goes to show you that girls just care about how funny you are. It really is, because uh, he's not a good looking guy. I would also like to um, ask the creeps to do us, uh, us a flavor. What's that? To go to Apple yes. and give us five stars. By the way, our... Um, Mailman. Oh, he posted. Posted the pictures that we, of the stickers. We so stuck we knew in the we got it. That's so, so that nice. Made me happy. All right, I have one more weird history, real quick. Okay. Okay. After the Spanish, this one's right up our alley, our childish alley. After the Spanish conquered what we now know as Mexico City, King Montezuma was held hostage. You can imagine that he's that he still had gold on his person. He was a king after all, right? He was also treated very well because of his royal status. And there are certain things that should never be done in front of a king. Can you guess what one of these is? Um, I don't know. Mark, you should never pass gas in their presence. Oh, God, I would fail. That would have been very disrespectful. Correct. Well, one of the Spanish guards accidentally tooted in the king's face. Knowing this was a no-no, the guard became extremely embarrassed and could not apologize more. King Montezuma didn't want the guard to feel bad. After all, it just slipped out. He probably had a case of the walk-in farts. Do you know what those are? Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody else know what the case of, case of the walk-in farts is? Larry the Cable Guy had a <laughs> funny thing about this at the uh, Bass Pro Shops with his sister. Yeah. 
Uh, yes, it's funny. <laughs> it's the walking fots. Yep. Okay, so he so the king gave him a piece of gold to ease his mind and say, "Don't worry, I know it just slipped out. I know you didn't mean it. I know I'm a king, but like I get it. Your body does things. He has a piece of gold, right? What what a stand up king, all right? He's a stand up guy. He really is. The guard was so happy to receive the gold. He root tooted one more time, hoping for some more, but was out of luck. That's rude. No, I would have done I that. I was kind of feeling bad for him at first, but then he just got greedy. Do you know what I like to do when I'm out with friends in a public place? I like to fart really loud. And then blame them? And then, no, just have everybody look around and be like, who did that? It's like, definitely I, not me. I bet they know who it is. Yeah, they hang out with me enough. Yeah, of course they do. I don't know why people hang out with me. <laughs> well, you know. It's so funny. Love me some weird history. Guys, if you have some weird history, shoot them on over to charity and they make my day. Cause love it. It makes you look back and be like, I can't believe we were so dumb. I love it, though. Do you think people are going to look back and be like, man, these guys that lived in, you know, 2020 era, they were dumb. Look yep. at the stuff they used to do. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. 100%. Do you know what makes me feel really old? What? So when I look back and close my eyes and I remember to my favorite time of my life, which was the 90s. Yep. And I'm like, that was just like yesterday. Do you realize during the 90s, when you look back into the 60s, it was pretty much the same time period away that yeah. it is now. I know. That's and in the 90s, I looked at people that grew up in the 60s and I was like, they're old. I know. Oh, my God. Scary. Do you also notice, since I'm involved with radio, I notice this stuff. So you used to be like, all the hits from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And now it's like, you know, the, the, the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And it's like, the 2000s now, we're on the second decade of that like uh, we no. can't just say 2000s because stuff that came out in 02 isn't what's coming out in 2022 we know when the world was gonna end then didn't. i do yes it's so crazy it's anyways so crazy. that was just my little side tangent charity what do you got for us today we are going to be talking about the morehouse murders and this is about david and Catherine bernie ready for a shocker what never heard of it but you have heard Catherine bernie because she was the one in two episodes ago i think that I said I was going to be doing a, an episode on who helped pass notes back and forth between two other people in jail. Oh. Okay, so let's just get right into it. I'm excited. David John Burney was born to Margaret and John Burney, February 16th, 1951, in Australia. He came from a larger family, being the oldest of five children. They grew up in Wattle Grove, Western Australia. Many that knew the family back then described it as being dysfunctional. There were rumors of alcoholism, infidelity, and it's been said that there was incest going on as well. Ew. Not good. The ch children pretty much had to fend for themselves. Their parents didn't even cook them meals. It's been said that uh, social services were called on many occasions and the children were taken out of the home from time to time when Margaret and John failed to properly take care of them. Here we go again. Right. Not a good start in life. It it. Definitely adds to it. I mean, there's lots of people who had bad starts in life and didn't turn into horrible people, but. Yep, but it, it's a mitigating circumstance. Yep. Catherine Burney was born Catherine Margaret Harrison on May 23rd, 1951. When she was just two years old, her mother Doreen died while giving birth to her brother, who also passed away a few days later. Her father, Harold, wasn't fit to raise his daughter, so he was sent, she, excuse me, so she was sent to live with her grandparents on her mother's side. She lived with her grandparents until she was about 10 years old. Harold must have gotten himself together and fought to get his daughter back. 
I read in a few places that Catherine was a sad child who didn't have much joy in her life. Not having a mother and being shuffled around from her grandparents back to her father couldn't have been easy, right? You say that doesn't help. Making friends and all that kind of stuff. You know, probably just feeling like nobody truly wanted her. I can't I imagine know. that feeling. Yeah. When Catherine was 12 years old, she would meet David. His family moved to another part of Perth, and he and Catherine were introduced by mutual friends. The two were drawn to each other right away and dated for two years. Like a moth to a flame burned yeah. by the fire. Oh, like That's it. That's the way love goes. Uh, there's a singing, guys. You're welcome. I didn't get one last episode, no. so I have to do throw another one in here today. All right. Maybe I'll, I'll say something that'll spark you to Maybe. think of a different yeah, song. Maybe. You never know when that happens. They just come to me, Charity. Harold, Catherine's father, was not a fan of David's because as soon as she started dating him, she started getting into trouble, Mark. Scumbags. Yeah. He pleaded with his daughter to stop seeing him, but it only pushed them closer together. That's been time and time again. That's like a known thing. If you yeah. tell your child to not do something and forbid them to do it, guess what they're going to do? Exactly. Not what you always, them to do. but yeah. No, pretty much always. <laughs> By the time David was 15, he dropped out of school and became an apprentice jockey for Eric Parnham at Ascot Racecourse. David's behavior, behavior soon became very strange. First off, he loved running around naked. He seemed to get a thrill from it. Do you know what the highlight of my weekend was? Being naked? That I didn't put pants on until five minutes before you showed up. Thank God, that was guys. A highlight. Thank God Mark was fully pantsed. Kristen was not. Yeah, but she <laughs> Yeah, she was. She had like a long like thing shirt on. She's fine. Yes, yes. She was fine, but yes. still not pants. Um, he even broke into an elderly woman's home wearing nothing but a stocking on his head and attempted to rape her. Wow, he sounds great. See, he, he, I was with him until he broke into someone's house and tried to rape somebody. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Keep your naughty bits enclosed. If he wants to run around his house, that's one thing. Yes. You don't really want to be seeing a naked dude running around the neighborhood. It doesn't bother me, but yeah, I mean, it's it, inappropriate. Right. He also thought it was fun to abuse the horses at the track physically. Oh, no. Yeah. Nakedness, attempted rape, abuse of animals. These are all things that are not good. These behaviors landed David in jail more than once before he had even become an adult. Clearly, he needed psychological attention and not just jail. You because think? going to jail while he was a teenager didn't help him at all to change the direction he was headed for as an adult. If anything... I would assume jail only made him want to act out more and become hardened. Once he became an adult, it was clear that he was addicted to sex and obsessed with porn. David was also I'll a... I'll stop you when I feel something wrong here. David... <laughs> David was also a paraphiliac. Do you, have, do you know what that is? I don't know what that is. I had no idea. So I asked my BFF. What did Miss Wiki say? Paraphilia used to be known as sexual perversion and sexual deviation. Uh, is It's the experience of intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, or individuals. It has also been defined as sexual interest in anything other than a consenting human partner. Did you, did you ever see the show My Strange Addiction? Yes. Did you see the guy who was in love with his car and you like go underneath her and make out with her and like rub her? I don't think Touch I saw that Touch her in the buttocks one. area. Oh, such a good one. Yeah. There's some really, some of these make me wonder. There was another. these on? There was another one that was, was in love with um, pool floats. That one was good too. I'm going to have to revisit this. Yeah. 
this is going to be what I, I go watch. do. Yeah, yeah. If I had a treadmill or a gym membership, this is what I would be doing at the gym. Well, none of these, these weird things stopped him from finding love. David Why a- is it that all the weird dudes find know. love and like when Mark is single, he's single for like two years. <laughs> I'm funny, gosh darn it. Why? I just am so confused. Maybe I needed to make love to my car. I think you should go make love to your car. And some girl would have come by and been like, Well, I do think at this point, though, if you were to do that, you might lose Kristen. And then. Well, I'm saying, though, if I was single, I'm not single. And I don't like my car. Oh. No, I miss my old car. Oh. I gave my. So I had a nice Cadillac. I gave it to Aubrey. That was nice of you. Something safe for my grandson to be in, and I just bought myself an El Cheapo Jeep just so I could load stuff in it easy. And I don't even need it because I got a big bus, so I don't even need that anymore. Love the bus. Yes, the bus is awesome. I can tell you that. So David married his first wife when he was in his early 20s, and they had a daughter together named Tanya. Let's now check in to see how Catherine's life was progressing, shall we? Sure. When we last talked about Catherine, her father was trying his best to try and get her away from David. All the trouble she kept getting in sent her to jail more than once, but it forced a break in her and David's union. Catherine was out of jail, and with the help of her parole officer, she started working as a housekeeper for the McLaughlin family. She was away from David as he, too, was off doing his own thing, as we have already heard. While working, she met Donald McLaughlin and became involved with him. The two got married on her 21st birthday. The couple went on to have seven Children losing their firstborn son when he was just an infant being stuck, being struck by a car. That had to have been hard. Donald and Catherine stayed together until 1985. She must have always thought about David because at this time she up and left Donald and their six remaining children to be with him. She just said, peace out, brother. It's been said that David actually found her in the hospital after she had a hysterectomy. It's also been said that Catherine and Donald's seventh child was just an infant when she abandoned the family. Sounds like a real peach. Yeah, just like that. She sees her childhood lover and bam, she up and leaves her entire family. David must have been, have had quite the hold on her. Clearly, he also left his wife and daughter to be with Catherine as well. Catherine and David never got legally married, but she did have her last name legally changed to Bernie. It's been said that Catherine was 100% emotionally reliant on David. I guess that makes sense. That must have been the hold he had on her, right? I'm wondering if it was almost a brainwashing situation. Kind of seems it. Right? Like, just to, to, to just have that. I know. Leave an entire family. An entire family. Maybe he had an emotional control of her. That could be how he got her to do bad things with him when they were just kids. Maybe, Maybe he always had that. Maybe he always had that hold on her. You might be right. You're onto something. Plus, seven kids right after another like that, she could have had postpartum. I, I was mean, just going to say that's the word I can't ever remember. Yeah, she could have had emotional things going on. Who knows? That does a lot to a woman's body. Yep. I, I get it. For a year, for a full year, the two started to dream murderous dreams, and these dreams soon came to fruition. In 1986, David was working at a used car part yard. In October of that year, a 22-year-old girl stopped by and asked about buying some car tires. The girl's name was Mary Nielsen, and David told her she could come by his house because he could give her a better deal on tires that he was personally selling. Hmm. On October 6th, 1986, that's exactly what Mary did. She arrived at David's home and knocked on his door. 
guys, please always use a buddy system in situations like this. Never go to anyone's house alone that you don't know. I don't care if you're a man, a female, just don't do it. Yep. I agree. As soon as Mary entered the front door, she was met by a Kniffy. Kniffy. Oh, Oh, I love it. Isn't that the best? That is. Then quickly tied up and gagged. She was then chained to the bed. David violently raped her repeatedly while while Catherine watched, doing nothing to stop it. While she was watching the love of her life rape an innocent young woman, Catherine made sure to ask him what turned him on the most, knowing the intent was to kill her. Mary's nightmare wasn't over. The two took her to Glen Eagles National Park, you know, out of the way where no one would see them. Catherine then watched the man of her dreams rape the young woman once again and then strangle her with a cord. And if that wasn't bad enough, David finally ended her life by stabbing her right through the heart. David had read that if someone is stabbed in the heart, it would hurry up the decomposition time. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I don't either. He then half-assed buried her in a shallow grave like a piece of garbage. This first murder fueled David into wanting more. And just a few weeks later, on October 20th, the couple would strike again. A 16-year-old teenager named Susanna Candy was hitchhiking on the side of Sterling Highway in Claremont, Australia. It just so happened that Catherine and David had been driving around for quite some time looking for another gal when they spotted Susanna just looking for a ride. Okay? She's just looking for a ride. And she's 16. She's only 16. Ugh. They stopped and nicely offered her a ride. She happily got in only to be met with another kniffy to the neck and her hands quickly tied together. How scary must this ordeal have been for young Susanna? I'm sure she had hitchhiked many times before with no issues. Finally finding a victim, they drove back to their home where they gagged the teenager and chained her to the bed just as they did with their first victim. At some point during the ordeal, Susanna was forced to write letters to her parents telling them she had run away. Uh. Right? David then began to rape her over and over. When he was finished, Catherine got into bed with the two of them. David had made it known that this excited him. The couple abused her together, and then David tried to strangle her with a nylon cord. Poor Susanna freaked out, realizing that he was trying to kill her. David was unable to pull the nylon tight with her thrashing around. Good for this young girl fighting for her life. My God. This is sad. It's horrible. The psycho couple's response was to force sleeping pills down Susanna's throat to calm her down. Once she was asleep, David wrapped the cord around her neck once again, but had his soulmate do the honors of strangling her to death. This crazed woman would do anything this man asked her. This is sickening Isn't it so sick? It's gross. Later, Catherine had this to say about why she strangled the innocent girl. Quote, because I wanted to see how strong I was within my inner self. I didn't feel a thing. It was like I expected. I was prepared to follow him to the end of the earth and do anything to see that his desires were satisfied. This is very sickening. She was a female. Females hurt and destroy males. That is messed up. That is messed up. Oh, 100%. I don't like any of this. Nope. They brought Susanna's lifeless body to the same state forest as they had Mary and buried her right in the same area. The next victim was a 31-year-old named Nolene Patterson. It was November 1st, and Nolene was on the side of Canning Highway standing next to her car. She had run out of gas while driving home from work. 
the couple pulled over, acting as good Samaritans to offer the unlikely woman a ride. Once inside the car, the usual protocol took place. Knife to the throat and hands tied. Nolene was then taken to the couple's home on Morehouse Street. She was gagged and chained just like the other two victims. But instead of killing her, when he was done raping her, David decided to like keep her around for a bit. He seemed to really be drawn to Nolene, and Catherine wasn't having any of it. I was going to say, Catherine yeah. was pissed, okay? She became very jealous, telling David he better kill her, or she would. David used the sleeping pill method again and strangled the woman to death while she slept. She, too, was brought to the same state forest, but was buried away for the, from the first two victims. November 5th, a 21-year-old woman named Denise Brown was on Sterling Highway waiting for a bus. The Bernies swung by and asked her if she wanted a ride. Unfortunately, she accepted and received exactly the same experience as the other three victims. But before she was killed, they took her to the Wanneroo Pine Plantation in a very secluded area. Not wanting to be seen, David and Catherine waited for it to get dark. To pass the time while waiting in the car, David just, you know, continuously raped Denise. Ugh. When darkness came, David stabbed the young woman in the neck, thinking he had killed her. Then he and his wife chucked her in a shallow grave. Denise sat up and shocked the couple. David quickly grabbed an axe and whacked her in the head until he was sure she was dead. Oh, my God. Oh, she should have just stayed down. She, I know, but she probably was just like in fight or flight, right, at that point. I this don't is know. what hits me in the head. He's She's completely okay yeah. with him sleeping with girls yeah. and all of this other stuff. This is really weird, but when it comes to, yeah, like, oh, you're going to have her stay? I'm going to kill her then. Yeah. This is really messed up. It's a really messed up story. The final victim was a 17-year-old named Kate Moore. She was offered a ride and taken by knife point just like the others. The Bernies forced her to dance for them, and she slept in the same bed as the couple while chained to David. This madman even forced Kate to call her mother and tell her she was tr staying at a friend's house. The day after she was taken by gunpoint and raped, she was able to escape. David had gone to work because, you know, someone's got to make the God. monies. Someone's got to make the monies. Catherine, though, was in charge and forgot to chain Kate to the bed. Kate waited until Catherine was busy doing a drug deal at the front door and huh. busted through the window. She ran as fast as she could, finally running into a shop. It was November 10th, 1986. She frantically told the, the shop owner about her ordeal and the police were called. Kate must have looked scary, all beat up, half dressed in bare feet. The smart girl told the police everything. She had their last name because she saw it on the back of a medicine bottle. Thank God. She knew their address and gave details such as the movie they watched on VHS. Needless to say, the Bernies were arrested ASAP. At first, David told Detective Sergeant- Or as Tony Beats would say from Gold Rush, ASP. That's my favorite part of that. And every time I do that for Kristen, she gets excited because he goes, let's get that done. ASP. He doesn't say ASAP. Nope. ASP. Oh, I like it. When we go out in the other rooms, go to say to Kristen, that was a great episode. I can't wait to get back here. ASP and record ASP another. And, record. and she's going to, she'll start giggling. That's guaranteed. Funny. At first, David told Detective Sergeant Vince Caddick that it was all just a misunderstanding and that Kate had willingly, you know, the young the teenager had willingly come to the house to have some kinky sex with the oh, couple. Oh, of course. Right? Because that's like totally normal thinking. The sergeant wasn't buying any of his story. 
Kate's account of what happened to her was much too detailed. He was able to get David to confess all he had done, including the past victims and where their bodies could be found. Really? Mm-hmm. So he probably was just like, all right, jigs up, right? I find that kind of... Right? Shocking. Yeah. David pled guilty to four counts of murder and four counts of rape and abduction. When he was asked why he pled, pleaded guilty, he looked at the victim's families and said, this is what such a nice guy is. He said, quote, it's the least I could do. Yeah. Wow. Are we to believe that this vile man has a heart? Do you know what just popped into my head? Do you know that that meme of that young girl when she's looking? She's like, yeah, that's what just popped into yeah, my head. Exactly. Like, wow. Yeah. Wow. What a scumbag. I personally think he pled guilty only because it helped him. His ultimate sentence was to serve four life sentences in jail. Catherine had to be evaluated before her trial to see if she was sane. Because like us, we're wondering, you have to be insane, right? To follow somebody like that and be brainwashed like that. Crazy is what crazy does. I know. So after all, like I said, who would willingly go along with a madman? It's great. I find this nuts. But look at all the people that have followed these crazy, evil people throughout the years. Yep. Well, it was determined that she was perfectly fine and sane enough to stand trial. Good. She received the same sentence as David, four life sentences in jail. Both could face the parole board after serving 20 years. I'm sorry, but if you maliciously kill somebody, you should never be allowed I to agree. Run. While in jail, David and Catherine were somehow able to exchange more than 2,600 letters but were not allowed to have any contact with each other in any other way. No talking on the phone and definitely no face-to-face. David was originally sent to Fremantle Prison. This was a maximum security prison. He had to be put in solitary confinement to avoid being hurt by the other inmates. So the other inmates were not fans of his activities at all. On top of it, he killed a 16-year-old girl and raped her. and raped her. This guy should definitely be taken around the backside of the woodshed. Yep. I, I, that's exactly what I think, too. I think they should have just let him roam around freely. Yep. Whoop, just roam around. Well, Fermental closed in 1991, and David was sent to Casarina Prison, where he would stay until he hung himself. Oh, That's right, another coward that either couldn't stand to be behind bars for the rest of their lives or couldn't stand to live with what they had done. Some think he killed himself for other reasons. Apparently, he was depressed, and the prison wouldn't give him any antidepressants. I don't know, though. His computer had recently been taken from him, so that left him with no form of entertainment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He had a computer. Uh Uh-huh. That's... Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, We have people who live out in the world who don't have computers. Yeah. Well, it it had been taken from him. Also ones that haven't uh, killed people. It, yeah. in prison. It was just too much, though. He had nothing to do, Mark. He was sad. He had nothing to do. So he just said he'd kill himself, I guess. I don't know. Oh, and he had also just recently been accused of sexual assault on another inmate. What is... I? I all right. I'm just going to... Because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna he, shut my mouth. He was found dead at 4.30 a.m. in his cell on October 7th, 20... Excuse me, 2005. He was 54 years old at the time of his death. Catherine wasn't allowed to go to David's funeral. I couldn't find any information saying that David let Catherine know he was going to kill himself. So I don't know if he said something to her in a letter or something. Ooh, good. I I didn't even think of that. Right. Like maybe he said to her, like, this is my last. Who the heck knows? But all I know is. They took away my porn access and now now it must take care of myself. Oh, that must have been what happened. So she, they they were like, no, no, ma'am. 
You're not going to get to go to his funeral. We're not allowing that. But, oh, and they also, I couldn't find any information if whether he left a suicide note either. If he did kill himself without letting Catherine know, that's kind of a big F you to her though, isn't it? That really After is. all they've been through. Everything that I'd be I, pissed yeah. if I were her. I'd be like, I was willing to go to the end of the earth with you and do anything, any vile, disgusting thing you ask of me. And you can't even give me the dignity and the decency to let me know that you were offing yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be the I'm, least? I, I'm scrolling through my head and listening to the stuff that she did. Right. On You're right. You. Oh, wow. She's probably. Right. Pissed. Like that. Wouldn't that be the least you could do for your soulmate? Yeah. Right. Like, did that make her think, was I not his soulmate? Did I do those things and am I stuck in jail for the rest of my life for no reason now? It's probably food for thought. Can't see any of my kids. Dude, that's nuts. Right? What a scumbag. Uh, I know. Catherine is currently still incarcerated at Bandy Up Woman's Prison. She seems to be very active in prison, the prison community, Mark. She has worked as a librarian and showed her skills on the stage in the prison version of Nonsense. Oh, my God. I don't know what this is, but I need to know. I got to look this up after. It was the one. Isn't that the one with Whoopi Goldberg? No, that's not nonsense. What's nonsense? I don't know. I'm looking it up. Charity's going to do it on the spot. That other one was not nonsense, but I can't remember that one either. Nonsense. This is how we roll here on. Sorry, guys. guys. I just need to know. Oh, it's a it's a musical, a musical comedy with a with a book. Music and lyrics by Dan Goggin, originating as a line of greeting cards. Okay, yep, you're, it's it's it. So they just recreated it in in the jail system, guys. Right? She must have been really good at it. I don't know. My starring role at nonsense. Nonsense. Uh, so when she faced the parole board in 2007, she was told, "No way, ma'am." She was due to face the board again January of 2010, but on March 14th, 2009, Weston Western. I'm trying to say my R's. Australian Attorney General Christian Porter listened to all the pleas from the victims' families to not allow her out. He had her papers marked, quote unquote, never to be released. Thank God. Yep. She is still currently in jail. Some have said that the Bernies could have also been responsible for other women's disappearances. Unfortunately, there isn't enough information to suggest that's for sure. So let's end this yucky story and talk a little bit about the victims that we know about. Okay, I'm just going to give a quick little synopsis of each of them. Yep, I love how you do that. So Mary Nielsen was just 22 years old when she was killed. She was going to college at the University of Western Australia as a psychology student. She only had one year left of school before she got her degree. She was a full-time student working part-time. It's no wonder she jumped at the chance of getting tires cheap. Right. What thing. Susanna Candy was a 16-year-old amazing student attending Hollywood High School when she was killed. She lived at home with her family in Nedlands, Australia. Even though the Bernies forced her to write letters to her parents telling them she ran away, they knew in their hearts something terrible had happened to her. So they knew she was not a girl who would run away. Sad. They knew right away. Nolene Patterson was 31 years old at the time of her death. She was the victim that Catherine got jealous of because David took a real liking to her, wanting to keep her around for a while. Nolene's car had run out of gas on the highway when she was on her way home from her job as a bar manager at Nedlin's Golf Club. So she was just trying to get home. Right. Denise Brown was 21 at the time she was killed. There really wasn't too much I could find on Denise, just that she was happy to take a ride from the Bernies instead of taking the bus. She was killed using an axe when David realized she wasn't really dead. 
The final victim known was a brave 17-year-old named Kate Moore. She said that she asked the sick couple if they were going to kill her or rape her. She was told, quote, we will only rape you if you're good. She was forced to call her mother and tell her she was drunk and was staying at a friend's house. She had hoped at the time that her mother would know something was wrong because she wasn't known to drink alcohol. She was able to keep her wits about her and escape the very next day. Tell the police many details that led to their takedown. Who knows how many more victims there would have been if Kate Moore hadn't escaped. She's oh, a hero. 100%. Yes. And, and smart as a whip to go into the bathroom and look at the last name. Right? She was thinking all alone. She I'm, had I'm, the info. I'm going. And she made sure she knew what street she was on. That's the good. address. Yeah. So thank God for, for Kate because she, uh, there's actually a lot, if you want to Google Kate Moore, um, there's like a lot on her about where she is now and how this whole ordeal oh, affected her. And um, she has a lot to say for for survivors like her. So this was wild. This angered me a lot. This was a, a pretty nuts case. Very angry. Well, we all have those ones that get underneath our skin. Mine are anything that have to do with crimes of passion. And I love how I guarantee we'll have one within the next month because she likes to get me wound up. Oh, I have a couple that are in the works already that are really going to anger him, guys. Oh, this makes me so happy. Really? Some of them he'll be like, I totally get it. And then other ones he'll be like, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Yeah. All right, guys, that's going to do it today. Remi a reminder, I'll be down in Daytona from February 13th for that entire week. So if any of you down there want to hang out, get a beer, hang, do whatever, hit me up. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.